This morning I'll focus on our first reading from the book of Exodus. In this incident here of the golden calf, the worship of the golden calf on the part of the Israelites who had just freshly been brought out of Egypt, brought to the foot of Mount Sinai, God intending to enter into this wonderful covenant with them to take them as his own people for them, uh, to take him as their God. It's all this you know, great, amazing vocation, this great, amazing privilege. And here they do this stupid thing with the, with the golden calf. And uh, we see something, though. We see a kind of like a personality coming out here with God. The Lord says to Moses, step back. I'm going to wipe these people out. I'm ticked off. <laughs> and uh, Moses pleads on behalf of the people of Israel with God and says, no, don't do that. You don't want everybody else to think bad about you. You know, you, they're going to all say that you brought them out of Egypt just to wipe them out in the desert. And then how are you going to look in the eyes of the nations, Lord? <laughs> so we see uh, this kind of like almost a, a personality banter back and forth between Moses and God. Now, this is really indicative of, of most of the first five books of uh the Bible and really a lot of the Old Testament, God is almost kind of like he's presented as a, um, a human being. He's got very human um, characteristics to him. He's got, it seems to have passions and emotions and all of these things. Now, there's many other passages in the Bible that speak about God as utterly transcendent and not like a person with feelings and emotions, someone who can be get mad at people and things like that. And, of course, using reason as well, uh, and many of these other passages in the Bible, um, vast majority of Jews, certainly, but, you know, Christians have always said, this is, this is what's called, um, I'm going to use a big fancy word on you here now, I'm just trying to impress you with my vocabulary here. They talk about, the, the theologians talk about um, an anthropomorphism meaning that sometimes God is portrayed in the form or in the likeness of a man, of a human being. And uh, it's really a a manner of speaking. God doesn't sit there and say, you know, I think I'm going to destroy these people, and then he changes his mind five five minutes later because someone pleads with him. So God is not, he doesn't have, really, ultimately does not have these kinds of human uh, emotions and passions and changeability and mutability. God is immutable. And um, he doesn't get mad. God is not full of wrath. Okay, So when we see the scripture presenting God with human passions and presenting him in a human form and um, presenting him, uh, changing his mind. And, you know, I think of a passage from uh, Genesis chapter 6. This is, this is the story of Noah's flood. Uh, it says, God looked upon all humankind and, seen, and saw that they had corrupted their way upon the earth, and it repented him to his heart that he had made man. And he says, I'm, I'm really sorry that I created human beings. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wipe them all out. So whenever you see passages like that in the scripture, and there are, there are many, really, um, it's, it's, it's scriptural language, uh, and it's not to be taken literally, actually. Um, it's metaphorical. So God does not literally have wrath. And I think that, let's make this one point here, it's important to kind of get that, because I think sometimes people project human emotions onto God, and they get like, oh, God is mad at me, and they, they literally 
think of God as like maybe like their dad when their dad got mad and took out his belt and beat him or something like that. You know, it, that is, is kind of a, a childish way of approaching God. And I think it's very important for the Christian to kind of grow up past uh, those sorts of concepts of God, knowing that God is utterly beyond human emotions. So why then, if that's the case, do the scriptures present God in these human human manners? Well, first of all, it's a form. All the Old Testament is prophetic of eventually the incarnation when God would become man in Jesus Christ. Okay, So that's one reason why the Old Testament portrays God in human fashion sometimes. It's prophetic of the incarnation. It's a, a foreshadowing because we know the Old Testament always points ahead to the New Testament era. So that's one issue. The other issue, too, is we see here the importance of Moses. We see the importance of human beings and the, the role that God has given to human beings in the unfolding of his plan. So God, from all eternity, determined that Moses would be a channel of grace for his fellow Israelites. Okay, And so Moses is here... Uh, Functioning as a powerful mediator, making a real difference for other people on the earth. And God has ordained it that we would, as human beings, play an instrumental, important, essential role in the unfolding of his kingdom, in the coming of his will, and his will being done on the earth. Our prayers make a real difference for others. So our prayers are not just through these empty words that we just kind of that are off into the air, uh, and our lives really matter. They make a difference. God has incorporated and included us into the unfolding of his loving plan for humankind. So I think that's a second point we can draw from this text. Uh, and what confidence should that not give us, my brothers and sisters, to be able to pray? We make a difference. Our prayers today, of course, you know, piggybacking on the on the on the worship, the infinitely worship, uh, perfect worship and prayer of Jesus Christ Himself in, in the Eucharist. Uh, but nonetheless, we play a real role, and um, how awesome of a privilege is that? And let's not take that for granted. Let's let's remember to pray for ourselves and for everybody, because like Moses here, uh, in relation to the children of Israel, we make a real difference. We can be the difference between someone's salvation and their, their damnation and their salvation, their destruction and their eternal life. We can do that through our prayers. So let's pray and not take that for granted.